welcome and thank you for listening to the CRC podcast brought to you by Pastor Ad Boschel. We believe that God is working across this platform to bring each and every believer revival throughout their entire lives. We hope you are inspired by this week's message. So I want to talk tonight very briefly for a couple of hours. Then the fire of God fell. What attracts the fire of God to us? We're living in an urgent hour and more than ever, we need a church on fire. A lot of people burning with a lot of agendas, many messages. Well, in many places of the world, the church has become very silent. But I've got news for the devil. God is raising up the greatest generation and that's you tonight. God has chosen you for this hour and you are gonna shape history. You are gonna change the culture of the hour. You were predestined for this time and for this hour. And there's no devil in hell that will stop the assignment that God has for you. Say amen tonight, okay? A lot of people burning with a lot of wrong things. You're burning for that girl sitting next to you tonight, okay? And that's okay if you're gonna get married to her. But if you're not gonna get married to her, we're gonna deal with that fire, because that's a wildfire, okay? We're gonna get you filled with the Holy Ghost, okay? Say amen, smile. Look like I'm not talking to you, my brother, okay? Want je weet elke man het een plan, jy sê vanavond om te sien hoe mooi die mooie meisies wat in CRC is, jy het gehoor van hulle. Nou God, um, het jy mag gelok hierna toe vanavond, so dat jy ook kan aanraak. Dis, dis hoe dit is. Dis hoe dit is. God is hier. Want hy het geweet, jy gaan nie wees. In 1 Kings chapter 18 verse 20, the Bible says, And so Ahab, the king of Israel, sent for all the children of Israel and gathered the prophets together at Mount Carmel. And Elijah came to all the people and said, How long will you falter, waver, halt between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow Him. But if Baal, whatever Baal represents, any other God, then follow Him. And the people answered him not a word. Then Elijah said to the people, I alone am left. Many scriptures we're going to read. The prophet of the Lord, but Baal's prophets are 450. Therefore let them give us two bulls and let them choose one bull for themselves. Cut it in pieces and lay it on wood and put no fire under it. And I will prepare the other and lay it on the wood as a sacrifice and put no fire under it. Then you call on the name of your gods and I will call on the name of the Lord, Yahweh. And the God who answers by fire, He is God. And the God who answers by fire, He is God. Somebody say fire and give the Lord a praise. Come on in Jesus' name. So all the people answered and said, It is well spoken. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, Choose one bull for yourself and prepare it first. For you are many and call on the name of your God, but put no fire under it. So they took the bull which was given to them and they prepared it and called on the name of Baal from morning until noon, saying, O Baal, hear us. But there was no voice. No one answered. Then they leaped about the altar which they made. And so it was at noon. But Elijah mocked them. Up to now, 
This world has mocked the church, but things are going to turn around. Our God is going to show up and our God is going to show Himself strong on His, on behalf of His people. From Hollywood to education to politics, people have been mocking the church, but the time has come that things are going to turn around as the church calls on the name of the living God. God is going to answer by fire and situations are going to change. Agendas are going to change. The enemy will be silenced and God will reveal Himself as the true living God for the greatest revival is about to hit planet Earth. Shut Amen in Jesus' name. So Elijah mocked them, which we are not going to do, although I feel like it sometimes. And he said, cry aloud for He is a God. Are these meditating or He's busy? That word busy literally means maybe he's sitting on the toilet. You can go check it out. For he's on a, or he's on a journey or perhaps he's sleeping and must be awakened. So they cried aloud and cut themselves. And as was their custom with knives and lances until the blood gushed out of them. And at midday was passed, they prophesied, made a lot of noise. Until the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. Everybody say sacrifice. No, I said everybody say sacrifice. But there was no voice, no one answered, no one paid any attention because there is no other God. There is no other God, there is one God and His name is Jehovah. There is no other God and the Son's name of that God is Jesus Christ. There is no other way to God but through Jesus who said, I am the way, the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Come on, if you are not ashamed of the name of Jesus, even if you have never clapped your hands in church, clap your hands like you love Jesus, like you're not ashamed. As you can soki soki, as you can dance, up your music, as you can long arm. If you can quieto, if you can hip hop, if you can reggae, whatever you do, you can stand in church and you can praise the name of the living God. I don't care if you are 60 or 16 years old tonight. Give the Lord Jesus. Oh, come on, teenagers, come on. Some of you are cheerleaders. Um, for your um, sports teams. Uh, it's time to be a cheerleader for God and, and, and praise Him, okay. So Elijah said to all the people, come near to me. So all the people came near to him. And here it is. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. He repaired the altar of the Lord that was broken down. The altar of the Lord that the spirit of this world through COVID and through many other things have tried to break down. It's time for the priesthood, not the pastors, the priesthood, that's you, royal priesthood, to repair the altar of the Lord, not just in your closet, but in the school, in the university, in the church, in the business, in the politics. It's time to bring the presence of God to our world like we've never seen and brought the presence of God. It's time to establish altars of prayer in every school, in every university, in every hostel. It's time to build an altar of praise and worship and sacrifice for your family. Because when your sacrifice is acceptable, the fire of God is going to fall and things are gonna change rapidly in Jesus' name. And all the young people believing God for a youth revival, say amen. So, 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 so the prophets of Baal were many. Elijah was one, or so he thought. 
if you're the only Christian in your school, it's a good thing. Because one believer in God make a majority. You're not intimidated by peer pressure and by everything else. It's time then for you to be bold and unashamed. Time for you then to build an altar. Time for you to be radical. Time for you to stand like a Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Time for you to know this is what you were ordained for and appointed for. And God has not given you a spirit of fear. All you have to do is repair the altar, something that has been broken. The altar of intimacy, the altar of worship, the altar of sacrifice, the altar of praise, something that Satan destroyed in so many people's lives. And I don't want to magnify COVID. I wish I never had to say that name again. But that two and a half year time destroyed or broke down that altar in so many people's lives so that the way they serve God is not the way they served God before the pandemic. He says, Then with stones he built an altar in the name of the Lord and made a trench around the altar, large enough to hold two seers of sea. And he put the wood in order, cut the bull in pieces, laid it on the wood and said, Fill four water pots with water. Remember it was a drought, seven year drought. Water is a, is a scarce commodity. Not only is Elijah saturating the altar with water, which for you can represent your praise, your worship, your prayer, your sacrifice, but also he places on that altar a very valuable commodity, water. People were dying of thirst. And Elijah comes because he understands that God is attracted to your sacrifice. You know, I've been a pastor now for almost 40 years, okay? I started when I was two. But um, I have seen when Christianity becomes something we do in our stride, we lose something. I know Jesus paid the price for your salvation, but when you take this laid back, casual approach in how you serve God, it's like you lose something. You know what that something is? Fire. Suddenly it's okay to sit at home. Suddenly it's okay not to be passionate about the things of God because God meets you, listen, at the place of sacrifice. We're not talking about salvation. We're talking about the place of sacrifice. And that's why the altar has to be rebuilt because the altar represents the place of sacrifice. It represents the place where you bring your offerings, your offerings of prayer, your offerings of praise, your offerings of worship, your offerings of your finances. It represents a place where you go and you offer to God. As we drove back from Johannesburg this morning, Pastor Andre told me about two couples that drive to church here in Pretoria. The one over 200 kilometers every Sunday to come to church. There are people that live on our doorstep, CRC members. They can't even fall out of bed and fall into church. Now don't get mad with me if I talk truth. Because when, 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 when you lose the place of sacrifice, you lose something. You lose the fire. And when you lose the fire, the world gets a hold back on you. The world gets a hold on you. You see, this, this Christianity was never meant to be something that's convenient to the flesh. This Christianity requires that you take up your cross and you follow Jesus Christ. This Christianity 
is the message that Jesus preached. We don't want to hear it, but it's the message that Jesus preached, that you have to die to self so that you can find the life that God has for you. You have to forsake yourself so you can find the life that God has for you. Nowhere, nowhere is there a message that says God is just going to be okay with you when you are not pursuing Him with everything in you. Some of you need God's fire to fall on your life. The same addictions you used to wrestle with are back in your life. The same depression you struggled with is back in your life. The same things God delivered you from is back in your life. Because the altar in your life is broken and tonight we're gonna repair it. I say tonight we are gonna repair it and the fire of God is gonna fall and you're never gonna be the same again if you believe it. Stand to your feet and give Him a praise, come on. So they pour water on the first time, the second time, the third time. And the water is so much, it fills the trench. Verse 38, it came to pass at the time of the offering of the evening sacrifice. The time Jesus was crucified, by the way, the evening sacrifice. That Elijah the prophet came near and said, Lord God of Abraham, relationship, covenant, Isaac, Jacob, Israel, let it be known this day that you are a God in Israel and I'm your servant and that I've done all these things at your word. Hear me, O Lord, hear me. That the people may know that you are the Lord God and that you have turned their hearts back to you again. So why do we have to repair the altar? Not for our sake. So when I watch people on social media and sometimes I follow these little foolish uh, trains that people have that you don't need to belong to a church to be a Christian. I mean, I don't even want to comment as a pastor because it shows the biblical ignorance of most people who call themselves Christians. Hey, you don't have to be in a building to be a brick. You can be lying there on a pile of, of, of stones outside and you can be a brick. But if you want purpose, that brick has to be in a house somewhere. You are the house of God. You have to be planted in the local church somewhere. He doesn't mean you have to be in a church to be a Christian, but if you're gonna fulfill your purpose, you have to be planted in the local church. Jesus said, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. So don't come with your ignorance and say where two or three are gathered, God is there and that's all. Read the whole Bible. Read the letters are written to the angel of the church. Read the pattern of the New Testament. Read the Bible that says the church is the pillar and ground of truth. Read the Bible that says the church is built upon the foundation laid by the apostles and prophets. Read the Bible that says the church is built up as a dwelling place of God. Read the Bible that says the church is the body of Christ. Read the Bible that says God sets cements places the members in the church as it pleases Him. Don't show your ignorance through statements out of context. God is building His church. And the very thing that the influences of this world, Hollywood and everybody else is trying to tear down is the church. And Jacob in the Old Testament has a revelation of the church, Bethel, and he calls it the gateway to heaven, the place of dreams and visions. So think, God is the architect of the church. And on the day of Pentecost, when the fire of God falls, what is birthed? The church, the church in structure. 
3,000 continued in the apostles' doctrine, house to house, pray. They structure. So I'll say it again. You can be a Christian like you can be a brick. Another brick, but you're not in the wall. Pink Floyd, okay, I missed you all because you're too young. All in all, you're just uh, another brick out there. You're not placed. Because you have no regard, no respect, no reverence for what God is doing. I'm offended. Who hasn't been offended? Oh, that pastor said something I don't like. Who has not been said? Where have you not heard something that you don't like? But I didn't come here next Sunday and one of the bricks left the building. Because those bricks have been cemented, placed, built together. Oh, come on, if you love the local church, give the Lord a praise for the church. We're not going to see the fire of God fall without the local church. I'll say it loud. We're not going to see the fire of God fall outside of the local church. You can sing your kumbaya by yourself, but it's changing nothing. You are meant to be part of God's building, part of what God is doing. So Elijah repairs the altar, not for his sake, because he is walking with God. He's okay. I'm okay. I don't have to shout my voice away every Sunday to try and help you. I'm okay. I preach this for your sake to wake you up. Because many of you are not okay. What you put on Facebook is a lie. It's a moment in your life, but the rest of your life is messed up. Say amen. No, not say amen. Say no. Yeah. Yeah, swar. Yeah, but boss of. In elk geval. Terug naar die angels. Then the fire of the Lord fell. After what? After the altar was repaired, Elijah calls upon the name of God. Why is he calling on the name of God? For the sake of the people, not for his sake. Why do we have to repair the altar in our lives? For the sake of our friends. For the sake of those who are lost. For the sake of those that are going to hell if they die without Jesus Christ. Why do we have to be worshippers of God out there? For the sake of other people. That's why this Christianity in isolation is not okay. Because we have to serve God in our generation for the sake of those who are lost and blind. Because there is a heaven to gain and there is a hell to shun. And people who don't carry the fire get influenced by the night and by the darkness in this world. You are the light. You are the salt. You are the refuge that people are looking for. So it's time to rebuild the altar. And if that boyfriend sitting next to you is not happy with you serving God, give him the right foot of fellowship. Because he's going to take you away from God. He's going to steal the fire out of your life. You build the altar, God will attract the right person into your life. Are you listening tonight, young person? Say amen. Come on. Al, Pastor, I'm getting old, you know. I'm, I'm, I really need a man. How old are you? I'm 24. Ach, alsjeblieft toch nou, man. Alsjeblieft toch nou. Yes, je weet nog niet wat je weer is niet. And at 24, you don't even know what you want. I'm sorry to tell you. 
because your list will change when you're 40. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt sacrifice, the wood, the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. Now when all the people saw what they fell on their faces and they cried, the Lord, He is God. Lord, He is God. When the fire of God fell. When did the fire of God fall? I've said it already. After Elijah rebuilds a broken altar. And after, after Elijah places the right sacrifice, and you have to listen to me tonight without misunderstanding what I'm saying. Because when we talk about sacrifice, we're not talking about salvation. We're not talking about sacrifice that gets you favour with God. We, we are talking about sacrifice of obedience, Abraham, 430 years before the law, that will attract the fire of God to your life. Every Sunday, you dress up to come to church. It's a sacrifice. Every month when you get your paycheck, and you write out your tithe and you bring your tithe to the house of God. It's a sacrifice. It gets God's attention. I'll show you now. Because a lot of people think they can serve God without it costing them anything. It's like people want to enjoy the building. They want to enjoy the music. Never give a cent to the church. It's not spiritual. Because you will never, ever attract what God has for you if you do not engage in the place of sacrifice where you are offering, not to get anything, but you are offering because you value God more than a free ride. I've said this every time we've built a building and we've built many since Lady Brand. Every time I've said this building is built on the sacrifice of people. I'll say it again, the building is built on the sacrifice of people. You are sitting here tonight, you are listening to great music, you're exposed to a great uh, auditorium. You're exposed to phenomenal voices and everything. Somebody else made it possible. They sacrificed. They put their sacrifice on the altar so that you can have an encounter with God. You as a young generation will have to start taking responsibility. And you as a generation will have to bring your sacrifices to the house of God so the next generation can benefit through your sacrifice. You cannot be a take me, an entitled generation that never, ever, 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 ever gets to the place of personal sacrifice to attract the fire of God into your generation and also for the generation that is following you. You, you, you cannot serve God on the revelation of the previous generation and, and sit here and say, wow, this is great. No, there's something great you also have to do. There's an altar you have to build. There's a sacrifice you have to bring. There's a prayer you have to pray. There's a praise you have to sing. There's a song you have to write. There's a home cell you have to open. There's, uh, there's a witness you have to give. There's a soul you need to lead to Jesus Christ. There's a person that you have to bring to church. There's a sacrifice that God is wanting from you. Not this casual laid back approach. I'll come when I feel like it, there's no sacrifice. You know, I overslept this morning. I never overslept. I was dark tired. I overslept. I actually woke up this morning. I thought it's Saturday because my life is so busy. And then I remembered, oh my word, it's Sunday. And I thought, oh, I'm just going to lie. And then I remembered I'm the pastor. 
I still preach my guts out, no matter what. It's a sacrifice for you. Y'all give the Lord a praise. It's a sacrifice. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Nothing to do with my salvation. Everything to do with your salvation. Nothing to do with my relationship with God. Everything to do in trying to get you to have a real and serious relationship with this living God. That's why we sacrifice for you. Everybody in the church, these ushers that stand at the circle, they sacrifice for you. Those working in the children's church, they sacrifice. These in the band, the dancers, everything. Doesn't just happen. It's people sacrificing so you can have an encounter with God. But you cannot just be an onlooker for the rest of your life because you will not last in this Christian journey. I've done this 40 years and I've seen it. When people never enter the place of sacrifice where they voluntarily give their time, their talent, their treasure to God and the house of God, inevitably something else will take them out of the house of God. I've watched it. Talking about, you talk to somebody with experience, not somebody that just come out of theology as a school. I studied my theology, but I was not by Stellenbosch, I was not by Brambosch, I was not by Brambosch, I Jy het nie net Stellenbosch nodig nie, jy het die Brambosch nodig, jy het bykie vier nodig, sonder die vier van God verander jy niks nie. En die vier van God val nie op louwarre mense nie. Die vier van God val nie op draadsitters nie. Daar is nie een draad nie. Jy staan of vir God of jy staan nie vir God nie, en dis wat Elia, hierdie mense my daar, hy sê, hoe lang gaan jylle besluitloos wees? Kies! As Heere God is volg hom, geen louwarre meid nie, Geen dubbelsinnigheid nie. Maak een besluit. Sê vir hy over langs jou sit, of sê vir hy meisje wat langs jou sit. Sê nie jyre dien. Sê amen. So, it's a, it's a long drought and water, why water is used is, is twofold because it's wet and it's like impossible for that sacrifice um, to um, to catch fire, but there's a greater truth, and that is that the scarcity, the commodity, the value of water, with no guarantee that the drought would be broken, is poured on that altar. Not once, not twice, but thrice. Three times it's poured. They give God the most valuable thing they have, water. Because I promise you, if you're in a desert, you don't want gold. You don't want silver. You want medzi. Amen. Medzi. You're thirsty. You want water. Have we lost our thirst for God and the things of God? Have we lost our hunger, our yearning as the deer pants for water? So my soul longs for you. If that is you, then when the church doors open, you'd be there, young person. You'd be in the home cell because this is your passionate pursuit. Jesus Christ has won your heart and now you pursue Him. And pursuing God will require sacrifice, which really is, it's going to cost you something in simplicity. It's going to cost you your time, your effort, lifting your hands beyond your nose. Amen. Sometimes you say lift your hands. It is like, it's okay. You know, I also grew up traditional and I spoke to somebody and he said, Kijk, pastor, yes, get terug in the car. Kom, it's in the aandienst geweest that my dochter had me gebracht. He said, that was a bomskok for me geweest. 
Maar beter dit, kom maar skok jou uit jou traditie en uit jou godsdienst uit. Ontskok jou in, in, in die realiteit en die waarheid van wat God van jou vereist. Because why should the, ch- the devil's children shout in the clubs and the devil's children have their wave parties and have their rave parties? Why should the world have the best music? Why should the ch- world have the best uh, beat? Why should the world always look more attractive than the church? No, the church is God's place. The church it should be more attractive than anything else. Come on. I mean, some of you, just because we sang that song, Jesus, you thought, that can't be holy really what makes calling on the name of jesus holy your tone or their tone so if i say jesus doesn't get more of his attention or sylvester that says jesus come on somebody shout on the name i just shouted it's not disrespectful because the bible says everybody that calls on the name of the lord shall be saved Come on, lift up the name of Jesus. Come on, say that name tonight, Jesus. Say it tonight. Make that devil mad. Say it tonight. Shout it into the heavenlies. Shout the name of Jesus. Come on. Your life is going to change. Your life is going to change when you call on that name, the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. And I sat in tradition for years and I and I gebid Jesus. Niks verander nie. With a little sign outside that said still the cack. So I'm I you know I thank God for that kind of music. I like this music. Okay, I'm not 20, but I can identify with that. Because I come out of that era where music was different. Then we came to church and we sang. Like, let me not go there. Lozi Oral. Praise God. No. So when our prayer, our praise, our worship, our sacrifices go up, the atmosphere of heaven comes down. So Elijah repairs the broken altar. It's a place of sacrifice. We know the devil is doing everything in his power to destroy your place of sacrifice, which is that he tries everything in his power to stop you from coming to the local church. And I'll say the local church. Church, I understand that you uh, have to build an altar in your house, but that's not the only altar you have to build. You have to build the altar of God. The church. You have to build an altar where God has placed you. It's amazing that you go on any airport and they have a prayer room for a certain religion. Nothing for the church. That religion is adamant to have an altar visibly everywhere. We have the living God and we're ashamed. We should open in the name of Jesus Christ. We should pray in the restaurants over our food in the name of Jesus Christ. Come on. We should not be ashamed of that name that is above every other name. We should not be ashamed. We call on the name of Jesus, not for our sake, but for the sake of other people. I'll sit in restaurants often when I pray over the food. I pray a salvation prayer because I know the the, the, the table behind is listening. Say, thank you, Jesus, that you came and you died for us. Thank you, Jesus. Anybody who calls in the name of the Lord shall be saved in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 
Um, I'll be finished now. The church is the church is the place called the place of sacrifice, and I'll show it now with scripture where we are called to bring our spiritual sacrifices. Uh, before I read that scripture, I want to talk about David for a moment that he's experiencing God's judgment on his people. Thank God we're not living in that era. When the king sinned, God just kills 70,000 people. He sends an angel. And that angel just stands with a sword and within an hour kills 70,000 people. And then he stands over Jerusalem to begin to destroy people in Jerusalem. And David comes before God and he intercedes basically. And this is very, very powerful, this truth that I want to share with you now. So um, 1 Chronicles 21, verse 21 to 27. So David comes to Ornan and Ornan looked and saw David and he went out from the threshing floor and bowed before David with his face to the ground. Respect. Because David is the king. David said to Ornan, Grant me the place of this threshing floor that I may build an altar on it to the Lord. Now remember, um, people say a lot of things about the devil, how powerful Satan is, etc. But I mean, one angel, go read the Bible, destroyed entire cities. One angel, a, a, a warring angel. If God wanted to, He could wipe out the whole world in a second. But because of Jesus, because we are living in a dispensation of grace, there is no judgment coming from heaven. But when this season or this dispensation is over and Jesus returns, He will return and He will rule the nations with a rod of iron. Are you listening to me? So people have this perception of Jesus as this little pushover. No. He fought the greatest battle any human being ever fought. Faced all the demonic forces of hell when He was crucified. He descended into the lower parts of the earth. He defeated Satan and the demonic hordes of hell that kept humanity in bondage for years. He took the keys of hell and death from the devil on Satan's territory and He raised, He was risen on the third day triumphantly, come on, to ascend to the right hand of God our Father. This is the Jesus we talks about. We talk about. The Bible says He's a man of war. He's not this little pushover that Hollywood wants to present Him as. He is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His eyes are as a flame of fire. His countenance shines as the brightness of the sun. Come on! That is our Lord and Saviour that we serve. Not the disrespectful tone of people in the world that mock Him. They can mock Him now, but the day will come where they will stand before Jesus and every knee shall bow and every tongue shall acknowledge and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And that means the mocker, the scoffer, the Satanist, the hater. They will have to acknowledge that is the Lord, that is the Christ, that is the Messiah, that is Jesus Christ. That day will come. That's why as God's people, we are on the winning side. We're not intimidated because we know who we serve. I mean, when John saw him, he fell as one dead. 
because he saw the risen Christ. He didn't see gentle Jesus, meek and mild, look upon this little lamb. Today, people want to minimize God. People talk about the man upstairs. Hey, buddy, you better get your mind right. You better show some respect. You better know who God is. You better worship God as an awesome God. You better understand that God keeps your breath in the palm of His hand. If it was not for Jesus Christ, you'd be a dead duck in a second with your disrespect. But for Jesus, So yeah, David sins and God says, okay, I'm mad with the king, so I'm going to kill people. Old Testament, not New Testament. Don't get confused now. So David tries to stop the plague and he comes to Ornan and he says, grant me this place of this threshing floor that I may build an altar on it to the Lord. You shall grant it to me at the full price that the plague may be withdrawn from the people. But Ornan, a generous man of God, servant of God says, Take it to yourself and let my Lord the King do what is good in his eyes. Look, I also give you the oxen for burnt offerings, the threshing implements for wood, and the wheat for the grain offering. I give it all. So he says to David, you don't have to do anything. Just enjoy the worship. Just enjoy the praise. Just enjoy the church joyride. Just be happy. But David is a smart man. He says, I don't want anything for nothing. And us as Christians, what we have received cost Jesus Christ everything. Not only that, it cost generations everything for us to have this inheritance that we have. How do we even think we can serve God without sacrifice, without giving back to God for the sake of other people? Where we go beyond the level of comfort and the level of self-preservation and the level of um, just materialism and the level of consumerism, not understanding that our lives are not about ourselves, but it's about serving God's purpose in our generation. It's about building altars so other people can encounter this living God, not me sitting in my corner and worshiping God by myself. Then King David says to Orna, no, but I will surely buy it for the full price. Listen to what he says. For I will not take what is yours for the Lord. I mean, offering time comes, suddenly you have a moment of worship and you give a lot of love and no money in the offering. What's up? What's that? What's that? What attitude is that? You better change it. Don't say he's after my money. We got you without your money. I'm, 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 I'm after you attracting the presence of God to your life. I'm after you getting real with God. I'm after you stop just being a taker, jumping from church to church and, and just with a consumerist mindset to see what can I get? What can I get? What can I get? No, no. I want to be part of what God is doing. I want to give my best worship. I want to give my best prayer. I want to give my best sacrifice. I want to offer my time. I want to offer my treasure. I want to offer my talent. I want to make it possible for other people to come to the knowledge of Christ as well. So David is a smart man. Later on when he builds the temple as well, we see how he gives of his personal treasury because he understood you never give God anything if it doesn't cost you something. Because if I give what costs you, it's not my sacrifice, it's your sacrifice. If you made it possible for me, it's your sacrifice, not my sacrifice. I now have to make it possible for somebody else. Are you listening? He says, no, but I will surely buy it for the full price for I will not take what is yours for the Lord. 
No bur- offer burnt offerings with that which costs me nothing. So David gave Ornan 600 shekels of gold by weight for the place. And David built there an altar to the Lord and offered burnt sacrifices and peace offerings and called on the Lord. And he, God, answered him from heaven by fire. Hallelujah. On the altar of burnt offerings. And God answered him by fire in the place of sacrifice. Now, what is interesting is when, when David sinned, God gave him three options. The one was, I'll hand you over to the enemy. The other one is, I'm going to deal with you and your family. And the other one is, I'm going to deal with the nation. So he says, God, you are merciful, deal with the nation. And people begin to die. And then David gets a shock. And he says, hey, I've got to stop this. There's a lot of people dying in our country, in our world. There's a lot of people suffering. There's a lot of people that are blind. There are a lot of people lost. There are people that are dying today and they'll go to hell. We, 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 we cannot do this Christianity that is just sitting in your couch and you are not sacrificing your time. You are not sacrificing your talent. You are not availing yourself for God saying, here I am, Lord, use me. Because God doesn't, uh, you don't have to be qualified. You, you just have to answer the call of God. You have to say, here I am. God will qualify you. God will empower you. But it is not going to happen at the place of convenience and comfort. Hear me. It's a message that this generation has to hear. God is not going to cause His fire to fall on your life in a place of convenience and complacency. It's not going to happen. When you repair an altar, it requires, it demands your full attention. It demands your pursuit. It demands your sacrifice because no fire will fall on any altar if there's not a sacrifice. Now, what is the greatest sacrifice you can give God? Romans 12, verse 1, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your body a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. God says, I want you. I want all of you. I want your spirit. I want your soul. I want your body. I want everything. I don't want partial. Oh, come on. I don't want partial surrender. I want everything. I want total surrender. I want you to present yourself, spirit, soul, and body. I want you to surrender every house or every room in the house. Give Him the keys of your heart. That is what God wants ultimately. Because if God has your heart, God has everything else. He has your heart, He has your pocket, He has your heart, He has your mouth. He has your heart, He has your attention. I beseech you therefore that you present your bodies a living sacrifice. What is a sacrifice? A sacrifice is that, listen, which costs you dearly. You know, for some of us to give 10 rand, it's a lot. For others of us to give 10 rand, it's like nothing. You get people with a billion rand, they give a thousand rand, it's like nothing. Sorry to equate it down finances. Or you go eat in a restaurant and you give a tip of 10 rand, but you actually paid a bill of 3,000 rand. You, You actually gave nothing. It cost you nothing. You just enjoyed the meal. You never made sure that that waiter is better off. You never sacrificed 
or maybe cut back on your dessert so that you could give a decent tip. I taught my kids since they were small. I said, listen, it's not just about this meal. It's about the waiter that serves us. So if you have to cut back on your drinks, we're going to give him a decent tip because we are here to sacrifice, not just to stuff our bellies and stuff our mouths. We are here to make it better for that person. So we will sacrifice something for the benefit of somebody else. Are you listening? Huh? Sometimes you have to sacrifice your emotions. You have to sacrifice a relationship. You have to sacrifice something that is dear to you for the sake of what God wants to do through you. Are you listening? For the sake of other people. Not for your sake, because you may be okay. But then again, your life is not about you being okay. Because Elijah was okay. David was okay. Because he, he, his bargain, or not his bargain, the option he chose was, don't kill me, God. Kill the people. And God says, okay. He says, ah, no, 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 no. Enough, God, enough, God, enough, God. And he stops the angel. Very interesting. The angel stands between heaven and earth. And he stands over Jerusalem. Everybody sees it. And David says, I've got to do something. You've got death in your family. I'm talking about spiritual death. You've got kids backsliding. Build an altar, an altar of prayer. Get yourself back in the house of God. You've got financial challenges. Build an altar. Abraham, sacrifice, sacrifice. Give sacrificially. Sow an offering. Stop just waiting for your breakthrough and you never place anything on the altar because God is attracted to your sacrifice, the altar of, of sacrifice that you bring to God. God demonstrated this. God so loved that He gave His Son. John 3, 16, Ephesians 5, verse 2, and walk in love as Christ also has loved us and given Himself as an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling aroma. So we want the fire of God to fall. We have to repair the altar. And for young people that talk about youth revival, you have to rebuild the altar this evening service. You have to repair it. You have to rebuild it. You have to get the level of commitment, the level of prayer, the level of sacrifice, because that's where God's going to meet you. God's not going to meet you when you just stroll along. I'm not talking about getting to heaven. I'm talking about seeing the fire of God fall for whose sake? For the sake of the other people. It's going to cost somebody something. We started the Lady Brand people sacrificed. Bloemfontein people sacrificed. Prayer, time. We had prayer meetings every morning, five o'clock at the church for the sake of people. Who are you praying for? We want to see a revival, but we want to be casual. Let me close. 1 Peter 2 verse 4 and 10, New Testament. Let's see, it's in the Bible. It says, coming to Him as living stones. Living sacrifice, living stone. Not sitting outside of the building, but being in the building. Rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. Talking about Jesus. You also, as living stones are being built up, a spiritual house. A holy priesthood, purpose to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore it's contained in Scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion, the church, a chief cornerstone, elect and precious. He who believes in Him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, He is precious. Hallelujah. You believe in Jesus, you love Jesus. You believe in Jesus, He's precious to you. Come on, 
if you love Jesus, just give Him a love offering, a love praise. Come on. Oh, come on, praise Him a little bit. Come on, you can be a fan of Jesus. It's okay. I mean, if Justin Bieber was your... You'd all go, Justin, 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 hey, Justin, notice me, notice me. And what's it going to do for you if he notices you? Oh, I took a selfie with Justin. He doesn't remember you, but Jesus remembers you. Hallelujah. <laughs> Jesus, oh, come on. That's why we can worship Him. That's why we can love Him. That's why we can praise Him. Because we know when we call on His name, He hears us. We're not impressed by every other celebrity. We're impressed by the bright morning star that has never diminished. It says, therefore, to you believe He's precious, but to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. Hallelujah. A stone of stumbling. People stumble because of Jesus. Let's be honest. People stumble because of the Word of God. It doesn't matter. It's not going to change Him. He's not going to change to fit in with you. The Bible says in the Gospel of Luke, it calls Him a rock and you either cast yourself on that rock and you become broken. The sacrifices of God are a broken heart and a contrite spirit. There's your sacrifice, right? It says, if you don't cast yourself on that rock, one day that rock is going to fall on you and grind you to powder. Because on judgment day, there's no discussion. There's no debate. He either will sit and or, or stand or sit before you as your saviour or your judge. And this life that you have will determine how you stand before God in the life hereafter. You mock Him, you scoff Him, you stumble at Him. It changes not the situation. One day, you will stand before the living God and you'll give account. One day, you will stand before God. Either you are going to experience the most amazing love that you ever experienced, personified in the person of Jesus, or... There are two days. One talks about eternal judgment, which is at uh, um, the lake of fire, the final judgment, white throne judgment. And the other one is the judgment of reward for God's people. Two judgments in the, in, in, in the life you're after. A judgment of reward for His servants, the prophets, and a judgment of eternal damnation. That's Bible. So I, I don't get it how people go through this life as if the life you're after really doesn't matter. Because it does. Everything you do in this world impacts on your life you're after. Not only on your life, but on the life of everybody that relates to you. Are you please listening to me? Your children, if you are passionate, every Sunday you dress them, that's a sacrifice. When I was up on the balcony, saw so many families, young families, because the children's churches, the mother's rooms are full, etc. And they're up there with their kids, etc. And I just look at them in amazement because it's a sacrifice. My word. You know, we did it as well. Dress three children 
because we had three and three years as well and um, you dress them and you have to get them ready for church it is a sacrifice but what a joy hallelujah what a joy when you see those little ones talk about Jesus and you see those little ones worship Jesus and you see those little ones pray when you are sick what a joy what a joy when you see the reality of your sacrifice manifest in the lives of your children because God meets you at that place of sacrifice says they stumble being disobedient to his word to which they were also appointed but you say me you are a chosen generation you are a royal priesthood you are a holy nation you are God's own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into His marvelous light. To once were not a people, but now the people of God. We had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy because of Jesus Christ. When Jesus died on the cross for you and me, people say God looked away. No, God never looked away. God looked on His Son. And God accepted that sacrifice because the Bible says it pleased the Lord to lay upon Jesus the iniquity of us all. It was the hand of God that sacrificed His Son at the cross. It wasn't the devil. It was God's master plan. He sacrificed His most prized possession, a life for a life. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. He paid the greatest sacrifice, please hear me tonight, for your salvation. Your whole Christian foundation is rooted in sacrifice. The sacrifice of God that gave His Son. Never send an angel, second best. He gave His only begotten Son to die for you and me. And I want to say it again. Don't twist my words and say I'm talking about sacrifice for salvation. I'm talking about obedience, pursuit of God that will lead to a life of sacrifice, meaning you will do things that you would not normally do. You would give what you would not want to give. You will go to the prayer meeting, which is not within your framework of reference because you have accepted Jesus Christ. And now you have that same spirit of sacrifice to see God's fire fall upon our world. More than ever, we need young people that are radically sold out to Jesus Christ. Good-looking young people like all of you sitting in this place down there in Cape Town, in Johannesburg, in Pretoria, in Potsdam, in, 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 in uh, uh, Port Elizabeth. Uh, tens and tens of thousands of you. The Daniels, the Shadrachs, the Meshachs, the Abednegoes that refuse to compromise and refuse to bow to the graven image of the world. Sitting on a fence is no longer an option because that fence belongs to the devil. Tonight, I challenge you. For a moment, forget the person next to you. And ask yourself this one question. Have you given yourself fully to God? Presented yourself fully. Spirit, soul, and body. I believe God is calling you to surrender all to Him. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. No one moving now, please. No one moving. 
You're sitting in this place in Bloemfontein, in Cape Town, in Stellenbosch, wherever you are tonight. Potschefstrom, all those beautiful students down there, wherever you are, Johannesburg. And tonight God is talking to you and you say, Pastor, I need to get right with God. I need to surrender all to Him. It really doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter where you've been, how far you've drifted away from God. Tonight is a defining moment. The people of Israel drifted away as well. And God brought Elijah to challenge them and say, you cannot, you cannot be double-minded any longer. You have to make up your mind. You came to Pretoria to study. You came to Bloemfontein to study. And now suddenly God is calling you and He's saying, no, 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 no. Turn your ways. Turn your way. Change your way. Tonight you're sitting in this place. If you died, you don't know where you would spend eternity. You're sitting in this place tonight. Maybe you serve God, but you've grown cold. You've wandered away from Him. There's a stirring in your heart tonight. That's God talking to you. And tonight you are listening, you are hearing the voice of God saying, come back, come home, come as you are. God will accept you and love you and cleanse you and use you for His glory. People praying, every head bowed, you say, Pastor, that's me. I need a fresh start with God, a new beginning. I want to surrender all to Jesus. I want to present myself to God tonight. I want to give Him my all. If that's your desire, quietly, wherever you are, just slip up your hand. I want to say a prayer for you all over this place. Quickly, raise it up, all over. Raise it up, raise it up, raise it up. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Hands everywhere. God bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. Many hands everywhere, hundreds. Lift up your hand tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. I say this all the time because my testimony. I grew up in church, then I drifted away from God. Five years, never put my foot in church. And the world got a hold of me. And I went to church. Wat ek in Afrikaans ek het kerk toe gegaan met 'n groot babbelas. Nie gedink aan my lewe verander nie. En die Here se vier het my aangegryp. Ek het geweet God praat met my en ek dankie Here vandag ek het reageer. Nie soos my twee vriende wat langs my gesit het nie, wat dieselfde babbelas gehad het. En nie een het gereageer nie. Ek dank God vandag ek het reageer. My lewe verander. My lewe verander. Die mag van sonde oor my gebreek. Ek dankie Here vandag. Ek het reageer toe God aan die deur van my hart klop. If Jesus is knocking at your heart tonight, don't shut that door. Allow Jesus to take His place. I'm going to ask one more time. You've not yet raised your hand tonight. You know God's talking to you. And you want to surrender your life to Jesus Christ. Quietly just raise your hand, please. Slip it up, quick. Now, in Jesus' name, raise it up. Thank you, thank you. God bless you, God bless you, bless you, bless you, bless you. God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. God bless you. I think my, look at me. I think the two friends that were with me thought I was crazy. I actually never even planned to go to church like some of you. You never planned to come here to go to the church in Cape Town, Bloemfontein. Somebody said, hey, come see RC too. You say, ach, okay. I go for the mercy, I come on I never planned to change my ways. So my friend, I'll never forget it. 9.30 in the morning, we, we smoked our first cigarette after playing all night, doing whatever. And with a huge hangover, he said, hey, let's go to that. Because my brother invited him. My brother was smart enough not to invite me. So he invited my best friend. He said, let's go to that cinema. It wasn't a church, it was a cinema. And we walked in there, oh, Jesus, help us. With the same clothes of the night before. And it's like, you know, thank God we sat right at the back. 
but God was not deterred by the stench and the stain and the smell of sin. He was right there sitting at the back. I felt the love of Jesus Christ and I felt the acceptance of Jesus Christ like I never had. And I gave my life to Jesus. Come on. Come on, I gave my life to Jesus and He saved me. He saved me. I never saved myself. He saved me. He took me out of a pit of hell. He took me out of the miry clay. He broke the power of Satan over my life. And I thank Him every day of my life. And it's my mission while I'm alive to shout to every person, you have to get right with God. The only thing we can take to heaven are people. Um, that's not religion. We're going to be more radical, louder. Easter Friday, don't forget. We haven't started marketing it, but die, rise it, invite everybody. Easter Friday, we are in the Super Sport Park. For our Easter Friday, Good Friday service. So we're going to fill that stadium that Friday morning. So um, Johannesburg. That's where your Easter service will be, and, um, and also Pretoria. So we're going to fill that stadium uh, for the, amen. Yeah. So uh, that's amazing. I mean, I am so excited. I have to tell you what God's doing in everywhere but Johannesburg. A lot of our, our, our political activists um, come out of Wits and you, uh, UJ. And um, sorry for looking down at the screen because I'm looking at all of you down there. I have to look at the camera. Um, you know, people look at people standing and they never realize that everyone is an individual. And some of the people standing at that altar tonight, you're going to shape things significantly. And I'm going to say it again to every young person. That radical, on-edge personality that God gave you is a God thing. Jesus doesn't come to tame you, to domesticate you, but that exact radical personality that you have, we just have to channel it in the right course. I sat with pastors this week and um, obviously you can all see, I'm not the candidate to be a pastor, okay? my personality, it just, it's actually the last thing I should be doing. I wanted to be a politician, not a politician, thank God I'm not a politician. But I mean, um, study, I studied law and I wanted to be an advocate and whatever. I never thought ministry, but since I've come into the ministry, people have criticized me. I don't care about it. People have tried to change me. I sat with pastors again this week. They say, people just don't get you. I say, well, after 40 years, I'm not going to even attempt for people to get me. Because people have tried to tone me down all my life and said, oh, he will still mature with age. Which is just another way of saying he's going to become useless and spineless and cold and mediocre with age. I'm sorry, my brother and my sister, it's not going to happen because I receive the fire of God and every time I stand up, God's fire comes upon my life. It's not my fire, it's His fire. 
and I've tried to change, I can't. When the fire of God shows up, it triggers me, it ignites me like I cannot even explain. That's why there's no substitute for God's fire. Zero, nothing, nothing, nothing. God's fire is what will keep you pure when you reach that position of power and you have control of billions of rands, which I believe God is going to do, put His children in these influential positions where people are looting uh, funds out of our country because somebody baptized by fire will not steal the money. Because that fire never is about yourself. It's about other people. So, young people in politics, I don't care what your political party is. If God's speaking to you to get involved, get involved. Get involved in structures, young people. Get involved in um, branches. Get involved in politics. In student committees, school committees, the Leerlingraad, what's it in Engels? The what? The students council. It sounds so important. My word, you English sound more than the Afrikaners, more important than the Afrikaners. Okay. But get involved. And, 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 and don't then get caught up in that agenda, but bring the fire of God, which is righteous justice. Because we have to bring reformation. And that means that spirit of activism that is in you. We have to channel it correctly. We don't need you in a position of authority to shut the country. We don't, we don't need you in a position of authority to shut the university. We don't need that. We need our young people to be proactive, to engage and to come up with other solutions. And if you do it righteously, we will walk with you and we can engage with business and the right partners. But you cannot, as young people, want to hold a whole university at ransom and everybody else at ransom. That is a wildfire that we don't need. We need a righteous fire that is channeled and that engages on all levels. Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? Huh? Amen. Put your hand on your heart, pray with me. Bits on my phone, all those people. Bits, UJ, UCT as well. A lot of liberal thinkers produced in all our universities. That's why the students are so important. Our teenagers are, but uh, universities are the breeding ground for activism. And we have to be activists and bring. Uh, I don't want to use the word balance. I actually don't like that word, but bring uh, direction in that environment. Because the fire in you should, should harness people in a direction. Amen. So that's why we can't do this Christian thing in isolation. We need you in the university. We need you in the farming community. We need you to be a voice of reason all over society and all over South Africa. You were born for this hour. And, in, and if you walk with God, you will walk into a meeting and you'll know things will be okay. You pray for God's favor, God will turn that agenda around. Where people wanted to go and do things, your voice will change everybody and bring direction. That's how powerful you are, how influential you are in Jesus' name. Don't just do university and all you want to do is find a girl. No, or all you want to do is find a guy that's going to be a doctor so you don't have to work. 
Ach, asseblief, poppie. Moet ons jou naam nou verander na poppie toe. Jy is te intelligent. Jy mag miskien blond wees, maar jy is een baie intelligente blond. En jy het God wat in jou is. En God het groot plannen met jou leven. Toe nou, toe nou, kom nou meisies, jylle dames, uh, jylle jong dames, droom, droom. Wie sê jylle kan hierdie wereld verander nie? Who says you are not the people that are going to change the political climate and change the problems in South Africa? Don't minimize yourself because you are biologically uh, a female. You created in the image of God. And I believe with all my heart it's the time for women. I believe it. change all our schools, change everything. You people are. I'm going to sit and watch. Boere, kost verander die gemeenskap, kost verander ons wereld, kost raak deel van die oplossing. Jy het een deel in Zuid-Afrika, jou pa, jou pa waar daar sit en swaas die reenike wat negatief is, gaan praat met hom. Hy is deel van die oplossing. Jesus, now pray this now. Say, Jesus, I present myself to you, a living sacrifice. I give myself back to you. Thank you for loving me. Thank you that you chose not to judge me for my sin, but you sent Jesus Christ to die for me, to die in my place. I believe, Jesus, you are the Savior. I believe you rose from the grave. I believe you are alive. Tonight I call upon your name. Jesus, save me. Wash me in your blood. Give me the power to be a child of God. I thank you tonight for your grace that breaks the power of sin and the hold of Satan over my life. Tonight I receive the miracle of the new birth. I'm born again. I'm your child. I'm forgiven. In Jesus' name. Amen and amen and amen. Hallelujah. The weight of sin is lifted off of you. And upon the profession of your faith, your sins are forgiven you. Go and sin no more. The power, the hold of Satan is broken. You are free and redeemed by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ. You walk. We hope you received exactly what God had in store for you from this week's message. If you have been touched by our ministry, you can help us achieve our mandate and win the lost at any cost by visiting our website at crcchurch.com. Thanks again for listening and God bless.